to the Hereby Call podcast, where we focus on preparing the called and reminding the returned by sharing life-changing experiences from serving the Lord. Sit back and relax because you're listening to the best podcast of this dispensation. I remember having the conversation, like, he's like, man, Ellie McCarty, you're like always happy. The work is hard and it sucks sometimes. Like, how do you find joy? It's like, dude, you just kind of like figure it out. Like, <laughs> I don't have like the magic key, but like find stuff. And you see it now, like in today's day and age with social media and elders having access to that, you see it like elders playing basketball and schooling people and like yeah, yeah, yeah. elders dancing and like, people love it. You see it. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it humanizes the elders. Totally. So you're not just like a, yeah, you're not just this robot that's knocking doors. Well, <laughs> welcome back to the Hereby Called podcast. I guess it's a show now that we're on YouTube, but uh, it's still a podcast. So we got Jordan, and Zach, and today we're sitting across from Drew McMurdy. Drew <laughs> and I work together, and I used to start with telling a story, and then I stopped. I'm going to tell a story because to me it's worth it. Um, so Drew and I work together, and something I learned really early on about Drew is he's kind of a jokester. Um, he loves loves I a do, good laugh. I do. And we we're talking about pranks that we had pulled on other people. And I think maybe you had tried to, I, I was new to where we we're working. So I don't know if you told me something, but I was kind of gullible and like, oh, okay, like whatever. And probably the best thing that I ever heard you tell was when you were working at Albertsons, right? The grocery yes, store. Yes. <laughs> so Drew's from Boise and that's where Albertsons yep. is headquartered. Correct. And uh, anyways, so what Drew would do was he would have, there's like before you're closing the store, you, the, you have to like kind of clean up and everything mm-hmm. when when the guests leave. And anyways, you would give someone a plunger, right? Newbies, yeah. A, a light hazing, yeah. So you <laughs> give them a plunger and be like, "Hey, we got to make sure that none of these tiles are loose or coming out or anything. So we need you to go around and plunge <laughs> all the." And did you come up with that, or did somebody? Did that uh, happen I had to heard you it or? beforehand. Someone oh. had asked me to do it when oh, okay when I was new. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, but then we continued it, and you'd get somebody that's doing it, and a customer walks by, and they're like, <laughs> what are you just like, like that, going was, to town? that would take a long time too. It's depending how big the Alberts is. Twelve tiles. <laughs> yeah. So so the funny thing was like a year later, I'm at the grocery store, and there's a tile that's missing off the ground. And I just can imagine like some 16-year-old like, eh, like Mr. Drew said. <laughs> just, like, just rips it off. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, oh, that's good. That is pretty good. Yeah, but Drew is a super fan of the show. He's seen or listened to every every episode. So it's been it's been a kind of a process trying to get Drew on the show, and we're excited to have him. But Drew, tell, be here. tell us the, uh, the name of the mission you served in. Paraguay Asuncion North. And... When you got your mission call, what were your thoughts? Like, oh, okay, that's going to be like this. Uh, I, I was, I mean, as many people know, when you uh, fill out your mission paperwork and whatnot, you can you address whether you're interested in learning a language, going foreign. I put yes. I was excited. I had taken two years of French. <laughs> um, and then I got called to Paraguay, and my first thought was like, Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Uh, beans, rice, spicy <laughs> food, you know? Yeah. Uh, culture similar and I it was couldn't have been farther from the truth nice and what was we always talk like best and worst what was the best food that you had there like what did you absolutely love um I mean we had the best food was like the all-you-can-eat steakhouses <laughs> yeah oh like like a Brazilian like barbecue a Brazilian style. barbecue like churrasqueria or churrasco and it was like 
eight American dollars and you <laughs> eat as right. much as you wanted. Is that kind of like, is that normal? Like, do the members do shuhasco in their house and stuff um, like that? Yeah, I mean, they get a ton of like um, Argentinian beef. There's yeah. cows everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Beef cows. That's everywhere. like a huge yeah product. So we would get. I mean, they did barbecue, yeah, steak, yeah, yeah. asado is what they called it, but like all the time, and it would just be like salt, meat, and then like some lime. So you talked about some of the good things you ate. What about some of the oh, the worst thing? <laughs> Intestines, cow stomach. Blood sausage. Just byproduct of meat. Yeah. Yeah. Blood sausage. All the take, rest of the cow. <laughs> yeah. You take a bite of the blood sausage and it like explodes as you, yeah, it's not. Did you guys have Just that? Just like the iron. Uh, we didn't. Uh, oddly enough. You know I knew are? it's, yeah, I know it's a big Ar- Argentinian <sighs> thing. Um, yeah, I never had blood sausage, but I did have cow stomach, busha. Did you have a lot of fish down there? No, Paraguay's landlocked. Okay. Right I'm thinking of middle, you, so Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uruguay's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what East Coast? Excuse me, but Paraguay's landlocked, and so you'd get fish out of the rivers and stuff. But they don't look like fish; they're ugly and nasty looking. You're like yeah, eyes. it's like yeah, it's like we don't want that. <laughs> dude. It's crazy. Like all the <laughs> every it, there's tons of fish markets in in where I served on my mission, but all of the sewage drains to the rivers that drain to where the fishermen fish and like are like cleaning it, the fish. It's just yeah. like yeah, I don't uh, want to eat that. Yeah. Yeah, okay, here's a cassava. It's cassava, but mandioca. Dude, I don't know. It doesn't even look that intimidating, but it's it's pretty. It looks like Same less thing. like it's potato, it's, more It's kind of long. Yeah, it looks more rooty. It's kind of yeah, long. Yeah, it's like. And it grows like a tall, like four or five foot tall stalk. And then the roots underground. Dang. The other best food that I had was like chicken fried steak, but not chicken. It was crocodile. Whoa. And it was the best. That's random. You mean alligator, right? Isn't alligator? I think crocodile is just Australia. I don't know. I don't know. We just call them jacare, which is the Guadani word for. That's how they say it in Portuguese, jacare. Well, I feel like I struck yeah, out it's because Guadani, not Portuguese. I did. A, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did a little research to be prepared, and I brought like empanadas. I was hoping you'd say that you loved empanadas. That, that was number two. Empanadas you could find everywhere in the streets. I'm sure he's not going to turn down. Yeah, an empanada. I won't. You, you can even find them in, in Mesa, Arizona, and. Uh, I'm going to bust these out. Ooh, do it. And there they are. This is, yeah, <laughs> this is, these are empanadas. You got gypped. You could buy empanadas in the streets. All like, I'm jumping around a little bit. No, the, you're good. It, in like, sc- schedule wise, we would, and I brought some authentic Mexican uh, Coca Colas. We don't have a bottle opener, do we? You just use your. A bunch your of Mormons. But, uh, <laughs> Or is this twist off? No, Probably not. Oh, well. I'll probably use my keys. We, we might have to pause for a second. No, was, let's keep going. Okay. Well, just don't chew I'm, on that camera's not even on. Oh, it turned <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, let's pause, pause for a second while we start eating. So Drew had sent me um, <clears throat> an album of pictures, which is fun. I want to do like kind of tell us what's going on. So this first picture looks like a generic dirt road. Yeah. So this actually is my first day out in the field. Oh. So this is like. Uh, it's where it all started. Yeah, get your <laughs> get your uh, get your companion. Did you have a, a native trainer or no? I had a, a white, okay, an American. But that was the first day. Um, I mean, there would like, excuse me. There's a little like trails and stuff. This is like a main road that, like, if you saw buses and cars ride, they drive that's, on that. That's the road. And if you can see it. 
they call it empedra- empedrada, and it's just like broken rocks, and then they stuff them in the dirt and fill it full of sand. And then when the rain comes through and it washes all out, it's, it's like a rocks. jagged, nasty, hard to walk on. Ugh. Sprained ankle city. Yeah. <laughs> Tear up your shoes. I bet there's ankles. like nasty potholes and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But that that was like most of my areas, I was never in Asuncion. I was never in the city. I was always out in the Chaco is what they called it, like out in the boonies. Out in the boonies, yeah. So you put down the top two stories that you wanted <clears throat> to share was the Sosa family, Aratiri? Aratiri? Aratiri was the first area. Oh, okay. Um, tell, yeah. Yeah, tell us about the Sosas. So I said, like, my trainer was awesome. Um, we spent a ton of time with the with members. Um, we did a lot of work, but we spent a ton of time with members. Um, and I can't say it was, like, the most efficient time always, but, like, some of that mentality of, like, they don't know how much, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care came from him. It was like, if you learn to love the people, the culture, learn to love the people, their experiences, their lives, like you'll be a way better teacher. And so the Soso's family was my first area and we spent a ton of time with them. They had adorable little kids that would play with us, that would come to the neighbors and try and talk to them. And, but it was just like one of the first families that we didn't, the dad wasn't a member. The rest of the family was. We would teach them all the time, but it was just, um, for me, that family was like starting off, was just like learn to love the people. Those were the first people you learned yeah. to love. The first, the first awesome. family was just learn to love them, and then you can teach them. Then you can help them. That's a good lesson. Right. <laughs> that was the next one. Yeah, so what's going oh, on? Oh, yeah. So- uh, no, let me guess. Soccer games. Soccer match. On. Yep. You don't, want, you don't want to pay to go in. You stand on your motorcycle and you watch the game over the fence. I like how everyone has a motorcycle. Uh, oh, yeah. Everyone. Everyone. It's public transit or you ride a motorcycle. It is probably just like, I mean, it's probably just like two neighborhoods playing each other, right? It's not like a yeah. state team, a state. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it's how- just neighborhoods at that point. This, uh, this actually, um, so this is my second area and we were like two and a half three hours actually we were about three hours from any other missionaries that's out there yeah um and so it's called santani san Stanislao, and it's just out in the middle of nowhere and so you'd get like it's like a decent sized city but it's out in the middle of nowhere so there's like there was like four or five clubs in the oh, in yeah. the city and just like rival clubs just across the way and is it like is it like <clears throat> football in the south where like everything stops like everyone goes to watch the game and yeah, it'd be it, depending on like their rival barrios be, neighborhoods. Yeah. Like, yeah, it would be hard to contact people and see because they're um, in Asuncion. There was the two like big teams. It was Cerro Porteño and Olimpia, and like when those are, that's like Clásico, and everyone yeah, watches yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> just in South America in general, it's just like you, this picture. I'm, I'm assuming this is maybe a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon. You know, like everybody. Yeah. 445 at night yeah so and so everybody just you know i'm sure right around here there's all these different bars yep, and stuff yep, like that restaurant, <laughs> little, like outdoor patio stuff yeah so i, I think and i think that's just just a culture thing yeah it's south just, america in general if you get called to south america like you will be immersed in this right like like a lot of people grow up playing rec soccer like ymca soccer or whatever you know but, like, you don't understand the cultural significance to, like, 
a ball. It could be 90% deflated, and you get a bunch of poor kids and running they, around oh, on, yeah. a, on a dirt field between two trees, and they're kicking the ball. And like, I, that's I, all you need. You don't need any equipment. I would see uh, just balls of twine that would go around like a hay bale, and they just wrap them up, and it's enough to, it's it's enough enough to, to go. kick a ball around. Yeah. So this next picture looks like you're on a, a road going somewhere. Looks rainy. This this is the same the same area as the last picture. Um Santani. Um it rain all the time. You just put your jacket on, put your poncho on and go for a walk. Yeah. Um and just another picture like this is this is not an empedrada road. This is like not the rocky road, but it's just dirt. It's what a road looks like there. Yeah, no you, sidewalks, nothing. You're just no, walking on a road. And no. So when you when you'd go do street contacts and people would say, "Oh, I live." Does this road have a name? No. Yeah. So how would how would they? Let's talk about that for a second. Go go to go such under? and such dispensa uh-huh. store, just like a store. A landmark. House. They'd yeah. say from the landmark. There's a field with a bunch of cows turned right. There's a huge <laughs> mango tree where the next house. <laughs> yeah. That's all the time. <laughs> Baptismal records, the same thing. Yeah. How do you put oh, that in the area book? Like. Too. I you just do. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing in Brazil. I remember one street had ten, not probably not ten, maybe like eight number seven houses, and I was like, "What? Why is number? it?" And they're like, "That's my favorite number." You know, so <laughs> like you know, the number seven or number nine is the best soccer, soccer player, player, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's I'm house number seven, and so we'd go to like all these different houses, and finally got to the right guy. Dang. Some of the roads, some of them did have like names. That you could find if you were like looked hard and looked at maps and figured it out, but like you could write that down in the area book, but no one's gonna find that again. <laughs> yeah. So did you ever whitewash an area? Um, no, I was in an area for like a week, and then that because the I, I came in and got special transferred out. I would, I would and just. So then I was like, oh, I got like, yeah, that that's intimidating. Because you know, you There's look no at street signs exactly. Yeah. You look at your book and you're like. I'll never. I have no idea who these people. The are. only way you can do it is working with members. Yeah, you just talk to members, talk to neighbors. And Paraguay people are awesome. They're so friendly. They'll sit down and let you talk to them for an hour under their mango tree outside their house. Give you water, coke, what I. Cool. What's this next one, Jordan? Again, that looks kind of like. This looks a, like a. It looks. It like rained a, calm, a little bit. Peaceful. Yeah, this river. Is, this is a little peaceful, calm river. This is the same area, Santani. Um, we had a, a member that his family would go anaconda hunting. And so we're like. For good. fun? Yeah. For like eat them. You eat them? Okay. Yeah, they okay. would. Did you ever eat anaconda? I didn't ever eat anaconda. Did you see an anaconda? I did. Was like, it like, and I brought home skin. Was it intimidating? and wallets. Out of anaconda? Yeah. Like you saw a live one? Yeah. Was it like massive? Uh, like a few feet. Like, like four five, or five feet? feet? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty big. It's a good size. Snake. It's not like the fifty foot. No, no eating. No, no. no, eating like ice horses. cube or whatever. No. I'm sure they exist. I'm sure. But so <laughs> this is we went we went out and rode on the back of motorcycles out and like like we we're like three hours from Elder, so it was like an hour and a half drive on motorcycles. This is a P day you're going yeah, on a anaconda P-day. hunting, and, <laughs> and, and so that's the it. member had we just had like machetes. The member had a shotgun. We're like, we're sweet, we're going out. They had, like, <laughs> had these funky like traps with big old fat things of meat hanging like a foot above the water. They'd have them like staged out in this land. Oh my gosh. Out in the middle of nowhere. We're like, dude, this is sweet. You're like, all, all you can think of is like all of the crazy movies. I'm like, dude, this is totally sweet. We're going to find something and kill it. 
we didn't. You didn't even see anything. <laughs> it's, just like, it's just a peaceful, beautiful river. Yeah. Yeah. And so this next picture is you guys. That's come. us heading back home. Nice. But, but just like dirt, sandy roads, and just cruising. So this next one, you, I already, I already kind of saw it, this big old fat tarantula. The first time I'd ever seen a tarantula, like some people had them, like as like a pet, like somebody would have them, but not very frequent. Um, and I remember teaching a lesson, like it was like a week before that. It was the first time I'd seen it out in the wild. We were teaching a lesson, and I like thought I saw something. And kind of looked past, looked past the member, and there's like, there's a freaking tarantula over there. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. I was like, do you want to kill it? I'm like, no, nah, they don't hurt, hurt, hurt anything. I'm like, it's just trash. Like, go kill it. What are you doing? <laughs> um, and so then like a week later, we woke up, and we're on the second story. Like, we were above, like, some shops. It was a, a guy named Jose and his family that had, like, a store, a little restaurant in their house. And we were up above them. And, like, I remember waking up bright and early, getting ready to do, like, exercises or study and there was like this tarantula as big as my hand just sitting on the floor, <laughs> like right off, right hanging three out. or four feet away from my bed. Um, so I grabbed like a thing of bug spray and a lighter and thought, dude, I'm going to scorch this. <laughs> and uh, like lit it up, like tried to flame it. And it like took off and scurried into like this little corner. In the picture, you can kind of see there's like a crack behind there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. So um, that's probably where it so lived like or scurried. I, I hope not, but... <laughs> It's not there anymore. I promise you that. So I like scurried into this little hole and then I found like this random piece of rebar that was like part of them building onto next to our house. Like found this piece of rebar and was like jamming it in there and trying to kill this thing. Then like poured some oil and crap in there and we like lit it on fire. We're like, <laughs> we're going to kill this yeah, thing. Okay, it's yeah, never this happening. <laughs> um, it's intimidating too. Like, did you guys have like a lot of mosquitoes and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah. But you like had bugs everywhere a tarantula like it's a little bit different because they're like quiet you know it's <laughs> and they're big you know this thing's out to get filthy me. so long story short we tried to kill it and then we felt like just gross it's like do this thing i don't know we were, like ran to the hardware store and got like bleach and cleaned like everything that we could find <laughs> the floors we cleaned everything and then the funny part of the story is we like went to work we like, went out teaching tracting whatever we came back at the end of the day and this like decrepit half alive tarantula is like still crawling around on our floor oh and i'm like dude are you kidding me so i grabbed the only like cooking pan that we had this pot and i was like wham and i trapped it I'm like now what, now what? <laughs> yeah exactly and so my companion elder campbell's like dude what are we doing i'm, like, I'm just gonna kill it he's like how I'm, like, I'm gonna shake it he's like okay so i just like shook the pan as hard as I could. You could hear it like, doop, 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 doop. Oh, and then like pulled the pan, pot up real slowly and it was clearly dead. I grabbed it in a paper bag and threw it off the balcony, like out in the road. Then we washed the pan and then we cooked dinner out of it. <laughs> <laughs> tasted a little different that day. Oh, it tasted fine, but like, so that's that story. The tarantula, the killer tarantula. Well, speaking of food, I, I got the, it looks like you guys, one, you look so happy in this picture. Yeah, yeah, so happy. For the viewers, he's the the closest one on the right. Yes. The one with the biggest grin. The biggest <laughs> grin. Um, yeah, this was just like a P-Day activity. We, like, as a district or zone, I don't recall, uh, we went into, we got permission to drive, ride the buses into Asuncion and go to Pizza Hut. 
They had a Pizza Hut. They had a Pizza Hut. We were so excited to go to Pizza Hut. If you like zoom in on the picture, there is hot, <laughs> hot dogs cut up on the pizza. That's your pepperoni? I, I guess. <laughs> it was gross. Did they have weird pizza down there? Cause yeah, they had like some random stuff they would do. They would do tuna and corn. Yeah, like, same thing. And then they do like dessert pizzas. But then they do these, they would have, it's almost like a, I don't know, man, they would put like mayonnaise on yep. the pizza. And I, I don't know that's, how to describe it, but it was actually really good. Is, this was like a, it's like a sour cream mayonnaise kind of thing that was came with them. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know what that is. Traditional yeah. it is. So you, you get your pizza. <laughs> And you get hot dogs, but you're still you're still happy. Yeah, I mean, it was pizza. It's a <laughs> double <laughs> thumbs up in this. Yeah. It taste it tasted good. Um, it was pizza. It was American food for the most part. They had like cheese and they had like Hawaiian. Yeah, but like I remember taking a picture of that one, being like, "Why is there hot dogs <laughs> on my pizza?" Pepperoni. Yeah. All right, moving on. So this that next picture, it. Jordan has th- this. This to me sums up like South America. Oh yeah. It's this massive bus. What do you guys call them? Onibus. Onibus. In Paraguay, they call them colectivos. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that that makes you more sense. Stand on, you just stand on. I know, yeah, collect. just a collective. A collective. <laughs> the thing um, looks like there's like 60 people on it. <laughs> Dude, that, you'd so be surprised. No joke, a, a regular bus, like you got two seats on each side. Yeah. You would. They would put three deep in the aisle. One person facing one way, one person the other way, and the guy in the middle just... Has to suck it you, up. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> you pick which way you're facing. Yeah. I remember like going to zone conference or depending on where I was and you'd have to get them. This is like rush hour, right? So people going to or from work and just jamming into oh, the yeah. bus. I remember legit. I don't know if they did this. They were like in a bus station. They would push like. Dude, people would be like. Hanging out. Stick their arm up and like to call for the bus. Uh-huh. And they like slow down and then they're just like pushing people <laughs> and trying to get out. Yeah, like that's the other half of the battle, and you got to try and stay with your companion. There was only I I remember like one maybe two times that like I got off the bus and my companion saw that I or vice versa <laughs> and didn't get off and, in time and didn't get off and like pulling the string, pulling the string, <laughs> pulling the string to get off, and then like walking up the road to get my companion. Yeah, that like, happened to me. Too many people, you like can't get off. That sounds like a that's like a cultural shock moment when you get on this bus and. Oh like yeah, the U.S. Like you don't yeah, touch and people, and they're people. like, it is stinky all people. Yeah, yeah well, I guess as, sure, a, as an American, sure just the body heat, and you know, as an American, you don't really like you. you like your space. Yeah, right? hey, this is my bubble. Me. Then all if of a sudden, you're, me, you're like, literally whoa. just like jammed in this bus. You're a 19 year old, 18, 19, 21 year old kid. 20 year old stupid. 18, 19, 20, 21. You know, you're a fairly young kid. I remember getting on the bus right at in in Calcupe was the area. There was a local university. I remember like getting on. There was a bunch of girls that got on the bus, and we were riding like three deep. Yeah, in the middle aisle, <laughs> you just like mosh just, pit by yeah, a bunch of and you're just girls like right age. on top of girls. I remember looking at my companion like, "What do we do?" Yeah, <laughs> and he's, just like, he's like, "Just keep going." Yeah, just act natural. No, and like, I, I, I wish you like. Think of cold shower. Like think of anywhere that where than where you're at because like it, that's just what it is. There's no personal boundaries on a bus. Yeah, <laughs> like like legit. Like you you're you're touching people on all sides. Yeah, like it's just yeah. And so I, like the people standing sitting right up next to the if you're sitting, if you're sitting, you got someone like <laughs> right here. Yep, you know. 
And then those people are holding on to the tops of the chairs. And then the person that's in the middle is holding the rail above the chairs. So their armpits are just like right in your on, face, in your face. And so you just, you just get used to it. Dang. All the went no, that one. Not, so is that I one elder lose. in the back and another elder no, in the front? No, we were actually in a taxi. Oh, okay. Going for uh, transfers. We were going to, that's another thing. In, in Paraguay, in, whenever there was transfers, they would go to the temple and then right next to it was a, a church. They called it the Capilla Moroni, but the Mor- Moroni's church building, uh-huh. Moroni's church. But anyway, that's so what we, they called the LDS church, Moroni's church? No, Moroni's chapel. Moroni's chapel, Capilla's chapel. That's just the name of the chapel. It was like the nickname of the LDS church that was par- next to the temple. Gotcha, okay. And so we would everyone would transfer into that one area, and there was like a meeting, and then everyone would leave from there. So we were heading in, and I was like, dude, that's like the perfect picture. Because <laughs> normally you're on it. You, you know, yeah. That's crazy. That's funny. I, I I totally had forgotten what that's like until I saw that picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's Again, an experience. <laughs> so if you're if you're if you have your mission call and you're going, I, I would say that's a South American thing, just in general. Yeah. Maybe a Mexico thing. I don't know. Um, I, I really like that we're we're getting these visuals uh, to kind of help prepare some of these people. Yeah. Or if you're a mom and your kids in uh, South America and he talks about the bus, that's what that's what they're talking about. Yeah. So I think. If it's all right with you, I kind of want to transition more into. Yeah, let's go to the let's go to the baptism photo. Are you want to go to the baptism photo? Yeah, or, I was going to ask about the people. Okay, yeah, let's talk yeah, yeah, about okay, the culture. Let's talk about the culture, the the people there. Tell us about um, the niños in that picture. Uh, so this is the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of thumbs up, and I noticed there's a lot of thumbs up in these pictures. Did you, culturally, I don't know if that was in Brazil. Just, just everyone hang loose, thumbs up, like all the time. They don't even. They don't. Is know. there anything? Yeah, about Brazil was hang loose, but. They just like every picture. It just culturally, everyone always gives you thumbs it up. It is a um, this picture. That little kid in the bucket doesn't geez. look like he's having two. Is he have a thumbs up? No, no thumbs up. But <laughs> like this was my last area. It's out in the middle of nowhere. It was like super poor. Um, like ninety percent of the houses in the area are like dirt floor. Um, a lot of them are tents out of like road signs and stuff um like kind of a canvas yeah. like tarp material um and that was they were is that like, one family that was one family yeah yeah and, i'd see that a lot and they like are they loving were, life they're happy they don't, like, they don't know any better they're happy they're that five gallon bucket is like with them bathing that was like taking a bath they take a bath every few days you know Go swimming in the nasty rivers and clean up, but like they don't know any better and they're happy. Uh, they had two they had three older sisters that we had taught the family and the three older sisters got baptized. But like we would these little kids would just like would just love in life. That's awesome. Um the people you don't um The, we the world we live in there's so much stuff so all materialistic the yeah and in even it's if just fast even if you're not trying to be like it just is like that's the culture that's the society we live in and like the people would have nothing like a freaking tarp from a house they're stealing power off a power line they're like I knew families that were like picking oranges and mangoes off the ground because that's off in the streets, like because that's all the food they had. 
but you could talk to them and they're happy. They don't have things to complain about. And like, it just, as a missionary, it humbled me like tons to realize that like, you don't need all the other crap sometimes. Like all you need is your life being happy. Obviously they need the gospel and we try and share it with them. But the people that were like that, when you teach them the gospel, it just clicks and they understand it and they don't have all these other things to worry about to like take up their time and everything. It just, I don't know, just different. People are humble and come from such humble back surroundings, background that that's like, it's a, I look at the picture and I'm like, man, it's five, it's kid bathing in a five gallon bucket. But like, that's life for him. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, we see it and it's kind of funny. It's Tim, kind of interesting. Tim is taking a bath. Like it's just having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it's, it's kind of like a, what you had said. It kind of humbled you as a missionary. It's almost like a, a cultural reset, you know? Um, I remember experiencing that and seeing a lot of other missionaries experience that even when you serve in, in, the United States, right? Or in the deep South, there's yeah. still a lot of things that kind of give you that cultural reset. Um, that kind of make you realize that, Hey, you know, what's most important about this life is being happy and being happy with what you have, not really striving for more. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. And it's, it's really cool that, you know, that the kid who's in the bucket might be what, four years old, three, four years yeah. old. And it's, yeah. that's all he will know his entire life. Um, is to be happy with what he has. So that's cool. So, yeah, tell us this next picture. Uh, the next one, this is my last area. <clears throat> um, that was my, this, the, the previous picture was from my last area as well, but um, they had talked, this is a mom and, this, and her son um, no dad involved and they had talked to missionaries a dozen times and I don't know why or what, but like we showed up and they were like, come on in. We talked to them a bunch of times. Um, they talked to missionaries a bunch of times and for whatever reason, like between other Canales and myself, like it clicked and they were interested. Um, what do you think that was? Um, I don't know. Because that happens a lot. I, you get I these think, investigators that have been through like 10, 12. You know, list, yeah, listening to some of your other episodes, I mean, I think it's across the board. Like, as you go as a missionary, you, there's those stories or thoughts that's like, there's that one person that I'm going to be able to, to get to, right? And whether that's your experiences with, I can't remember, one of the guys said music, right? It was like, I don't, I don't know what my episode Yeah, was. yeah. Anyway, but like, you have some soccer or music or something that it just it just clicks and sometimes it's personalities being friendly to people um i tried to kind of live by the motto of like work hard play hard as a missionary um you're not there to just be miserable for 2 years like that's not what you're there for like men are that they might have joy have joy have fun enjoy it um and then the other one, the biggest one was like, people don't know how much, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So like, if you can get down and talk to them and teach, like if they can feel like you care about them, even if they're not accepting the invitations and stuff, well then they're going to listen. 
Like if they if they get to the point like so Paraguay was Spanish and Guadani. Um and they called it Jopara, which is kind of a mix of the two. Um but and I don't know in the MTC I remember them saying like, man, once you learn the language, people are gonna be so grateful that you know their language that they're just gonna listen to you. Paraguay wasn't that way. You could talk Spanish to these people and some of them didn't care because their native language is Guadani. Like if you learned Guadani, if you spoke to them in Guadani, then people would care. Then people would listen. Do they teach you that in the MTC? No. Oh, so you had to yeah. learn it yourself. And I spent ninety percent of my mission, ninety five percent of my mission, like out out in the sticks. Where they speak more yeah. Guadani than Spanish. And so like I would write down things all the time, Guadani Guadani dictionary, asking people. And so I was at that point in time, I was one of the missionaries that probably spoke the most Guadani in our mission and like, but you could carry on conversations. If you could care, if you could start to carry on conversations with people in Guadani, they're like this white kid from America is speaking like this native language here. They would listen. And so I had, I just decided I was going to keep trying to learn it. And so I don't know. I don't know what, um, for some reason it clicked. Yeah. And they like read the whole book of Mormon and wanted to get baptized. Um, and then they said like, we don't, um, it was a rented um, church building in this area. It was small. It was just like a rented house uh-huh. room. And then we had like a big plastic blue font that they'd fill up. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we don't, we don't want to get baptized there. Jesus was baptized in river. Can we get baptized in river? Like, Absolutely. <laughs> As a missionary. Like, oh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. So that was a, that was an awesome experience. That was actually like two weeks before I came home. That's awesome. That's awesome way to end. Yeah, look at that. That looks like uh, like the baptism of Jesus right there. <laughs> That's um, pretty cool. The very next picture uh-huh. was like like a week right before I came home. We taught this lady, same area. We taught this lady. She wasn't married to her spouse, wasn't married to her husband um, of like 30 years, 40 oh, wow. years. She's, she's elderly. I mean, she's old. Uh-huh. Um, and so like we, she came to this baptism and was like, I just wish I could, I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to have faith. And it was like Christmas. I came home December 31st. So I came, I got back to the States on New Year's, New Year's Eve. Um, and it was like Christmas. We had like a ward party. It's like two or three days before we leave. And she like calls and she's like, my husband said we get married. Like, huh? She's like, yeah, he already like called the judge and like, we're getting married. Can I get baptized? We're like, that's it. Like, <laughs> that was the best talk. question. We had taught, we had taught her everything. Um, and so we like hurried and planned it. And if, if you look at that picture, I, I'm, I'm soaked head to toe. Mm-hmm. Um, did you fall? No. So we had it like, we rode motorcycles and one of the members had a car and we like drove out to this spot where they want to get baptized in the river. And so, like, I kind of went off the way to, like, change into my whites. <clears throat> and as I'm, like, changing, I'm, like, pulling my pants up, get, like, getting ready to walk back. And I heard a bunch of screaming. And it was, like, her, a bunch of kids, and some of the members' kids. And one of the kids had fallen in and didn't know how to swim. And so I was, like, looking at this river. And, like, I was downstream. So I start, like, walking upstream looking in the river. And I see this kid, like, flailing in the water. And it was probably like a four or five foot high embankment, like it was cut, and, it was, mm-hmm. and so just like I don't know, Geronimo'd in there and <laughs> saved this little kid. 
like come walking out of the water with the kid and yeah. like here you go and it's like, <laughs> okay everyone settle down we're good to baptism <laughs> yeah. save, save two souls <laughs> that's so right it was kind of cool was, was that was that was that normal or did you normally do like no a font it, baptism? that was to be honest that was the only area that i baptized in river gotcha i know i never and did to that. be honest i wouldn't have probably wanted to in the other rivers but this was like way out in the sticks and uh-huh. so like and we drove like 20 anything. minutes yeah we drove like 20 minutes out so it was probably from like local streams and stuff coming up out of the ground or rivers and stuff so like it was fairly clean i wouldn't drink it but <laughs> i'd swim in that water that's cool and then this next one, Elder Campbell. That's that's who you just had, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Elder Campbell was that was in Santhony. So um, I was in the area. We got special. One of the elders got special transferred out. So it was just Elder Campbell and I at that point. We were only together for two transfers, but it was like two weeks. Part of two transfers, and then he left on a special transfer. Um, but we just like. It was a hard area, and we just put our nose down, and um, I kind of had written down there in my notes is like dedication obedience. You just learn to be obedient, do everything you can on your side so that the Lord can help you. And it was hard. And I'm like, there was lessons I think we had to learn and did learn. Um, we had some scary experiences where like had promptings like, it's time, leave. Like in the middle of lesson, like, nah, it's leave. Mm-hmm. And then, like, seeing people walk around the streets after some with machetes and, like, weird mob protest riot thing. Um, and we would have been, like, behind that if we hadn't, like, had that mm-hmm. feeling gotten up and left. And so um, work hard, play hard. We That was kind of where I learned that was, like, we can have a f- – even if you're being obedient and, like, striving to be the very best you can. You still play hard. Diligently, you can still play hard. You can still love the people and play with them and have a good time. Um, and I, then, I think and, that's a hard lesson to learn, honestly. I think Yeah, I think a lot of people, they're like, it's one or the other. Yeah. Well, and I, I remember going on exchanges. I, I was – I became a district leader, like, my third or fourth transfer. Um, I never was his own leader. I trained a handful of, of elders. Like I was a district leader, like forever, and I was babysitting a. Throughout my mission, there was a bunch of elders that I was babysitting, that wanted to go home, didn't want to be there. Uh, mission presence, like good luck, have fun. <laughs> yeah. But like I remember going on transfers during one of those times, and um, one of the companionships that I was visiting had an elder that didn't want to be there, and so I was with him. And w- w- anyway, we flip flop, but. I remember having the conversation like he's like man elder mcgordy you're like always happy and like how like it sucks sometimes the work is hard and it sucks sometimes like what how do you find joy it's like dude you just kind of like figure it out like <laughs> i don't have like the magic key but like find stuff be happy if like people are playing soccer in the streets go play with them like if nothing else they're gonna see like a bunch of missionaries like hey these are cool guys yeah. like don't be scared of them don't be they won't be scared of you if they see you like playing and stuff um and that it is it's a hard lesson to learn yeah i don't know i think it might be a uh, an lds cultural lesson i don't know uh because i definitely i had to learn that on my mission and we, we've talked about it a thousand different times in a thousand different episodes is learn how to be yourself, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you have to find joy in serving. 
you have to find joy in serving. Yeah. yeah. If you don't, <laughs> yeah, you, like, like it's hard. Like, it, then it's, you can't it, blame the guy for being like, oh, I want to go home. It's like because yeah, I, I'd want to go home yeah. too if it was just suffering. It you know, there's a difference between serving and suffering. Yeah, I you enjoy it. I knew some of the most obedient missionaries that absolutely hated their mission because they didn't learn to have fun in serving. And I, I left a girl when I when I went on my mission. I left a girl. And I had the, I, I can't remember who or what, but I remember someone telling me, it's like, if you only focus on the Lord, then he'll worry about your stuff. Do his work and he'll do your work. And so like my family, this girl, like, and she's not, I married, happily married to my current wife. It's not her. <laughs> I'm glad it's not. But like, go and focus and do the Lord's work and enjoy it. Yeah. I remember um, in preparing and leaving, somebody told me, Heavenly, the Lord will never forget what you do for him during yeah. these two years. It's up to you, you know, I, the Lord, what is it? I, the Lord, am bound when you do what I say. Yeah. yeah. If you don't, hey, you have no promise. promise. <laughs> so it was, if you, if you serve diligently and you do a good job and you work hard, you know, He'll never forget that. And I think that's what stuck with me my whole mission. In that area with Elder Campbell in Santani, I remember walking. It was like right when we were we were struggling and we we're like, dude, we got to figure out how to have fun, enjoy the service. Um, and there was a bunch of kids playing soccer. We went and played with them. And one of the kids was a member, inactive. And he was like, hey, the missionaries just come to our house. So we went to his house. Where are you at? Like, come on over, you know? So we went to his house, met with the dad. The dad was less active. He was separated from the mom. The mom was still active. And there was two kids that were like 10 and 8 and 10, 9 and 11, something like that. But they like, we want to get baptized. And the dad's like, I'll support him. The mom is still a member and she's active. Like, um, So we taught all the lessons and kept trying to reactivate the dad, but he wasn't interested. But like the two, those two children ended up getting baptized. Um, and that's kind of... The, that's a result of you... Norberto and Natal were the name of the two kids. And that was a result of playing soccer. That was a result of like... It was probably half an hour. Work, yeah. yeah, it was probably like a half hour, maybe an hour that like they were playing. And we were like, take your bags off. Yeah, Loosen totally. up your tie and go play. <laughs> like, you're still in church shoes, but like go play. Yeah. Um, I think that, a lot of missionaries would overlook opportunities like that to kind of... To knock on doors. Yeah, and, and not only that, but every time you have that... It's a, there's a reason why you still wear that badge on P days too. It's because like you, you represent um, more than yourself. So regardless of knocking doors or t- loosening your tie a little bit to go and, and play some soccer, you're still representing the Lord. And I'm sure we learn about, you know, Christ's earthly ministry. I'm, just, I'm sure he still had fun. <laughs> well, and, like, and you see it now, like in today's day and age with social media and elders having access to that, you see it like, Elders playing basketball and schooling people and like yeah, yeah, yeah. elders dancing like with street dance, street performers and stuff. And like, people love it. You see it. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it humanizes the elders. Totally. So you're not just like a, yeah, you're not just this robot that's knocking doors. A gospel robot here yeah. to call you to repentance. It's like, yeah. no, dude, I'm kind of a person too. Yeah. Um, that, uh, that, um, Norberto and Atel was kind of a cool story. The day that we went, the day that they were getting baptized was like after church on a Sunday. The dad didn't work on Sundays. He wanted to come to the baptism, obviously. So we like had everything prepared, went to the church early, got everything bab- prepared and ready. Um, 
Then went and got inv- other investigators came to church after church, right? Getting ready to do the baptism. I'm sorry. When we're at church, this like grandpa that we've never met before and his and this kid named Ignacio show up and we're like, Hey, are you where are you from? Where are you at? And this is this is Santanese, so it's like two and a half, three hours away. So you've seen everyone that's ever been to oh, church. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've seen everyone. we I was there four transfers, almost four transfers. Like I you've seen everyone that comes. Um, and he was like, no, he's here. My son, my grandson's here to be baptized. We're like, huh? <laughs> it's like the day that Norberto and Natale are getting baptized. And it's like, yeah, he's here to get baptized. It's like, well, what, where are you from? Where are you doing? But they live like two hours from the church. And so they only come like once a year, twice a year. And it was, he was old enough. He was ready to be baptized. So he like showed up and we're like, what do you do? And call the mission president. He said, no, interview him. Like he, the kid knew everything, everything. And it's like this family that was living on farmland, like a few hours from a church and the family reads scriptures and they do their own little, like they don't do the sacrament, but like kind of had their own little, this is pre COVID. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but they're like doing their own thing. And this kid showed up, like I'm ready to be baptized. And hindsight, looking back at it, like, Everything was prepared. The baptismal font at that church took like four hours to fill up. And so hindsight, the soccer, you know, playing soccer led to teaching these kids, preparing the baptismal font for the day that they were, that some other kid that only comes once a year shows up. The day that the the font's font's ready ready and everything. And we already have a program. We're already scheduled. And like everything just fell in place. It's like, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I uh, I'm I kind of got some wrapping up questions and any other stories you want to share. I kind of want to get to maybe some advice or no. I um as I was like looking through and um looking at pictures and diary uh, journals and stuff, looking at it, you know, like I would say remember for missionaries going out, like learn and study the most you can about the culture and the people. Um, you know, understanding that people have like this native belief, this familial cultural belief in Catholicism or whatever it is, like you can learn to have an appreciation for that and also help them get past it once you understand it. So like I would talk to everyone you can that has served, especially people that are come from your mission. Um, there, it's not, it's not easy. There's hard days. There's, you get in the shower in the morning and you get electrocuted because that's the only kind of shower you <laughs> Dude, have. Dude, that's happened to me. I thought I was going to die. Like, it's not easy. There's hard days that you put your heart and soul into, like, helping teach people and they don't want your help. And, like, it just crushes you. But, like, having that understanding that that's going to happen I think helps prepare you for, like... When it does happen. When it does happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. There's people that don't want to change and that's going to happen. There's also people that, for whatever reason, culturally, music, whatever, that you are going to be the person that can help them. That's perfect. That is perfect. And and any advice for those who have come back from their missions? Because that transition is just as hard. It's just as, you know, going from super spiritual all the time, being a missionary to, okay, go live your life now. Um, yeah, I, w- I would say like... For me, when I came home, it felt like I had all the freedom in the world. There's no schedule. Mm-hmm. You can sleep in if you want. Like, There's not someone 
roughly your same age next to you 24 7 yeah <laughs> um i came home new year's eve and so like i had a few weeks before school trying to get a job bike back lined up it felt like all the freedom in the world was there but and and i struggled i i struggled with, to be frank like worthiness all sorts of stuff because i came home and felt like the world's at your fingertips <laughs> yeah. do what you want you yeah. know and and I feel bad. Like looking back, I feel like silly that I just spent two years teaching and studying, and I came back and like screwed up, made mistakes. But like, if you keep that schedule and understand the importance of scripture study and having the spirit and doing those things, like all of the things you learn are are healthy, good habits to have for studying for school, work, looking for a wife, like all of those things. So like use the things that you learned and continue to apply them. Understand the bounds of that freedom when you come home, that it's not just endless. Including re repentance. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Thanks for thanks for coming on and, of and course, sharing thank your you. experiences. <laughs> I appreciate it. You, would you mind wrapping up with, with your testimony? And I don't know if you can... Spanish or Guarani. Spanish or Guarani. Or Guarani what, 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 is hard. Yeah. What's the combination? Whatever you, whatever you can do your... They call it Jopara. Jopara. If you want to throw in a little Guarani to make it <laughs> Jopara. Um, yo sé que el Evangelio de Jesucristo es verdadero. Um, yo sé que en esta vida tenemos muchos problemas y muchas dificultades. Y por medio del Espíritu Santo y por medio de, de la oración y el fe que nosotros podemos sobrar todos los problemas que hay. Um, yo sé que José Smith fue un profeta de Dios que por medio de él se restauró el Evangelio de Jesucristo con el sacerdocio y con todas las cosas que tenemos en esta vida. Um, hay guay que Dios nos ama y que nos mandó aquí para que probamos todas las bendiciones que Él tiene para nosotros. Um, yo sé que por medio de Él podemos sobrar y que podemos pasar todas las cosas malas que pasan en la vida y que podemos vivir con, con fe y con las bendiciones que Dios tiene para nosotros. Um, y esas cosas digo en el nombre de Jesucristo. Amén. Amén. Drew, thanks again for for coming on. That thank you. That wraps up this this show and this this year long <laughs> me chasing you down. But I'm glad we we finally got you on. Yeah, likewise, it's been thank great. You. I don't know. How, I never know. How to <laughs> we we never have. Like, a, we 